0: you're listening
1: i just i just don't care
2: no one is ever kidding michael cole
1: of course he can roll a grudge forever this is wrestling
0: Welcome back to This Is A Work. My name is David Hensley. I am the owner and creative director of Long Walk Productions, and I am here tonight to introduce your host, the distinguished gentleman, Robert Brafford. Thank you, David.
2: I am here at Kayfabe Outpost One with my tag team partner, Chris, the Fashion Plate Barnes. How you doing, Chris? Hmm? Yeah, about the same. Been that kind of week. <laughs> Good to have you back in, man, after... Uh... Recording a Forbidden Door with that woman I married to was pretty cool, but it's good to be back on an episode with you again. Let's see. So, good save?
1: No. She's going to hear this.
2: She says she doesn't actually like she gets like con- I shouldn't be saying this on here. She gets conscious of how things sound midway through, so I don't know if she gets
0: bored really really early, like 45 seconds in, I'll be safe. Yeah. Watch this be the one that she's like, "You know what?" I'm going to listen to it all the way through so that I can hear the words of my loving husband. I'm
1: going to stick it out.
0: And hear him espouse his adoration for me.
2: Well, she's uh, going to be meeting her tag team partner's newborn baby uh, very soon. So I'm hoping there's going to be like a rush of good energy that wipes out anything I may or may not have done in the interim. Uh, we'll see. And yep, that is just a reminder for all y'all. Shelby Death Ray Patterson, new mom, still taking some time away from the podcast, which is part of the reason that Chris and I are covering this uh, this event. But uh, Shelby's doing great. So is the little one. And uh, we are just excited for her to get back on the podcast, but she is away for a very good reason. All right. So, Chris, shall we talk about this show? I guess. All right. So, we have Money in the Bank from WWE. Held at the O2 Arena in London, apparently the first major WWE event in London since back in 2002.
1: I wonder what. what (laughs) Oh yeah, I wonder what might have prompted that timing.
2: Well, they had a reported attendance of 18,885. That's a gosh, that's a really good number—18,000 people. I can't imagine getting more people than that to come to a wrestling show in uh, in the UK, but yeah no there was a segment later that did feel just a little bit flop sweaty about how a certain AEW show is doing as far as pre-sales so well Well, i
1: mean famously the british don't like wrestling
2: yeah that was a downside of this this match i just felt like the crowd didn't really show up um (laughs) just uh could use a little more energy felt like uh we're back in the thunderdome era yeah, no. Honestly, this uh, similar to Clash at the Castle. This was a red-hot crowd. They were fired up for every match. Um,
1: Look, there's nothing wrestling fans love more than chanting, and uh, you you combine that with uh, European fans who uh, live for football, and they will chant the night away.
2: Oh yes, indeed. I actually wrote down some of their uh, some of their chants from the main event because they got they got <laughs> pretty uh, creative on that one. All right, so, yeah, Money in the Bank, uh, not a long show. I think after our last uh, uh, Double or Nothing, I think, was something uh, in the realm of, like, 11, 12 matches. Forbidden Door had 13. Mm-hmm. This, nice, smooth, seven-card match, it or seven-match card.
1: It goes a long way towards giving WWE some goodwill when a show is going.
2: It really does. I've, I've come around on their, um, you know, a lot of events per year, but the apart from the big four, they tend to be smaller, they tend to be uh they have a pretty fast run time it goes down easy because even if a particular match isn't working hang in there for 10 minutes and there'll be something else along it's an easy product to consume which if you turn your head and squint is kind of like a compliment
1: this, and it, it's gonna be, oh man the, the, I just realized the um the O2 is going to be a slight problem for the AEW show because since it, they do tend to run longer it's going to get annoying watching them make their entrance because the O2 famously doesn't have a space where they can do, like, a ramp entrance. It's that it's, it's like what WWE did there. It's usually, like, a floor entrance.
2: <laughs> so, let's see. There, aren't they uh, – Wembley's a different
1: – Oh, are they doing it at Wembley? Yeah, okay. it's Wembley Stadium, so then it's a football they, stadium okay. that's going to be – Then it won't be stretched longer by that, at least. Yeah.
2: I, I have no idea what the layout there is, but uh, I'm, I'm sure that you're, – you're probably not wrong about the entrances, but yeah. – I don't think any four aw stars are going to be as long as a single roman reigns entrance so it'll kind of bounce out
1: i mean his i mean his was easily the longest and it was a, and even then it was just it was still just a trek for most people to have to make it out to the ring yeah really
2: all right so uh let's see M- money in the bank we start off with uh the title match for the men's division um we have seven competitors in this one uh butch the former pete dunn Damian Priest, L.A. Knight, Logan Paul, Ricochet, Santos Escobar, and Shinsuke Nakamura.
1: Um, good mix, I thought. It was. It was. Uh, they. I like. I think uh, whoever helped produce this match had a good idea of what the crowd wanted because the first big spot they did was having. All the other competitors turned toward Logan Paul and beat him down for a minute or two.
2: Yeah, there was no point where they were trying. Like, that was always a cheap pop is Logan Paul takes a hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and the crowd was there for that. There was a, not to jump ahead, but there's that a spot. Crowd,
1: that crowd, I, was, I was, again, there's nothing quite like a crowd like that because the minute... Logan Paul was in the ring and attempting to do something. The crowd went from raucous cheers to boo. It was on a dime.
2: You had the, that kind of, those two ends of the spectrum. You had anybody who attacked Logan Paul immediately Yay. became a face, and anybody who attacked L.A. Knight immediately became a heel. Yeah. And they, they were booking it that way from, from the word go. It
1: was incredible. And again, it's like, that. Uh, that's, that's one where the, you can't get a better crowd to tell you what they want.
2: No, you really can't. And honestly, it's Apart from the ending, which a lot of mm. we will get to, but it, it did feel like a lot of this was pl- pulled out with the idea of, okay, what is going to get the best reaction depending on who's getting done to what's getting done to who by which and yeah, Logan Paul. uh Nearly died in this match, and uh, I, I honestly think he could have been carried out, like, unresponsive, and they still would have been chanting whatever the British equivalent of na-na-na-na, hey-hey, goodbye is.
1: He was in a better position than Ricochet was for that spot, because Ricochet took the unbroken table to his head-slash-neck.
2: Yeah, Ricochet uh, saved Logan Paul's life. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's really something I, I would consider a worthwhile use of one's of one's well-being, but, you know, good good for him. He's better than most. Yes, indeed. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so um, it was it was a, it was a fun match. It, it
2: really was very much so. Yeah, I um, was looking over it. Apparently, um, I, I like to always look at sort of the numbers behind matches. Uh, Ricochet and Shinsuke Nakamura have each been in uh, three previous Money in the Bank matches, but mm-hmm. everybody else was in one for the first time. Interesting. Yeah, which is a lot of fun. So I think you've got guys like you know Ricochet and Escobar who have the high flying lucha background. Um, you've got Butch who's more of a scrapper, but also has a pretty good moonsault that he could break out and then damian priest became the big man in the match which surprising and well
1: he he's looking a lot bigger than
2: previously. yeah well i think it's also just has the average height in wwe gone down a little bit in the hunter era it just sort of feels like i'm
1: fine with that too yeah it's like
2: we've got like omos kind of up there at the far end right. but you don't really have uh let's see like gunter sheamus mcintyre kind of the old like
1: like until recently like the average size of a wrestler was at least 6'1", or 6'2".
2: Yeah, you'd have this like three or four inch difference between like the average AEW height and the average yeah. WWE height just because of how Vince likes to book people. I mean, to say no,
1: like it, it, to point out like un- until he was paired with smaller people, Baron Corbin looked small amongst most pe- most people, and he's like six eight.
2: Yeah, like he is a he's a really tall guy, but he's not especially broad shouldered or bulky, so he doesn't no. you know just sitting by himself you don't really see it. Uh, yeah, so. Again, great match overall. Some really uh, some fun ladder spots. Um, there was a, another bit of a heat Logan Paul got from the crowd was after um, the ladder was set up horizontally between the ring apron and the barricade. Uh, Priest is laid out across it. Logan Paul does a frog splash on him. Mm-hmm. The ladder does not break. It does not even bend slightly. No. Paul just hits Priest and bounces off. And after a moment of what had to be excruciating pain, Priest just kind of rolls off to the floor as well. <laughs> And the crowd, in recognition of Paul's suffering, starts chanting,
1: You still suck. You still suck. <laughs> I like the implied, okay, that was that was good, but also uh fuck you.
2: <laughs> that buys you nothing. Yeah, um let's see. Butch, uh weird that LA Knight was far and away the uh the highest like Face of the night when mm-hmm. you know, Butch was—he's you know, the Brit in the match.
1: Oh, that's how and, over LA Night is. Yeah. LA Night, like th- they, when the, LA Night and Butch went after each other, they were booing Butch. Like, and this is a crowd. I mean, this is—and this, again, this is one of those crowds where it's like if it's a, if it's anyone near near the hometown, they're yeah. over.
2: Which we saw later when a hometown guy, uh, a UK guy, made a return exactly. and the place exploded, but.
1: And it's not like they hated Butch the whole time; no. they like, cheered him plenty. But it's just like as soon as they it knew was who they wanted La night, yeah.
2: Yeah, um, great bit where uh, of your your daily dose of Michael Cole ignorance when uh, Butch grabs two tables out from under the ring and then what Michael Cole describes as some kind of club with a and. Wade Barrett is suitably disgusted and says, It's a cricket
1: bat, Cole. Oh, that's right. I forgot he didn't know what a cricket bat and is. And I was
2: kind of hoping Barrett would spend, like, the next five minutes in that. Now look here, Cole. You go. You've got teams on a pitch,
1: right? And there's wickets set at either end. I'm pretty Just, sure that's... I, anyone trying to explain cricket to me is an inst, it's like, it's like knockout gas. I... I can only just marvel at it from afar, and just I'm never going to understand it. I know this. I
2: feel like it's like baseball, bowling, and croquet rolled into one. Is kind of my understanding, but that's about all I've got. It
1: is because there's like there's a lawn bowling element to it. There's because the, the pitcher does not throw; he rolls. There's something that has to do with wickets. I yeah, I, I have
2: uh, from watching Shaun of the Dead. Probably that is I've seen more footage of uh, cricket back being wielded than I ever have mm-hmm. of anyone actually playing the sport. But yeah, um, Yeah. so, you know, tables get uh, set up, but um, I think apart from the spot with Logan Paul and Ricochet, uh, I don't think you had a lot of people going through tables. A lot of it was just ladders getting set up, people oh, getting yeah. knocked into yeah. it, ladders getting knocked over. Um, but we can go and, shall we go and talk about the Paul Ricochet spot.
1: Yeah, yeah, because yeah. so, that starts that starts with Logan Paul messing up.
2: Yeah, so it starts with uh, they're both trying to get up on the ladder, and there's kind of a fun bit where L.A. Knight comes running and grabs Paul's leg to try to pull him off the ladder, and Paul kicks him away. Comes running back, tries to grab Ricochet's leg to pull him off the ladder. Ricochet kicks him away. Knight takes a minute and then just grabs the whole ladder and shoves <laughs> it over, sending them both falling onto the ropes. They kind of land on the ropes, take a second to get their bearings, and... Uh, then go for a Spanish fly off those ropes into the two tables that have been set at ringside. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Paul jumped early before Ricochet had gotten himself fully into position, because it seems like Ricochet's a second behind him, recognizes that Paul's not gonna get all the way over and tries to sort of rotate the both of them. Uh, they apparently both came out okay. Scared the daylights out of people That's in the back. That's good news, because
1: Ricochet looked really, Yeah, it really.
2: looks like he just hit that table head first and then went down. And, yeah, they um, I think Paul got back up and was in a little bit more of the match later. I don't think that, we saw Ricochet that, yeah, again. Yeah, because
1: after that, that was when he got up and was like, let's be friends, Damian Priest.
2: Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, they had that moment of alliance, and mm-hmm. it, it didn't last, but...
1: <laughs> I, Look,
2: I, L- Logan Balls is a disgusting human being. There's no need to get back into that, but they they are using him very well. Yeah. yeah. If if you're going to have him,
1: this yeah, just is what let you him, do with just him. just let him be like that. Just let him do that. Just yeah, just as long as you just let him lean into that, just just let him be himself.
2: <laughs> Keep him away from the title scene, just let him Absolutely. Like they're they seem to be setting up uh, a thing with him and Ricochet at SummerSlam possibly, which
1: I'm fine with that.
2: I'm fine. I'm a little worried that he's going to that Paul's going to try to get over ambitious with his spots again and tear something midway through but yeah it's his his choice
1: oh no yeah. <laughs> that would mean the end of his WWE career
2: and he just signed a new deal
1: oh what a shame the awful
2: but yeah so, so uh should we
1: talk about the ending
2: yes the ending ah the <laughs> ending that glorious moment of hope as uh you know everybody's been knocked away LA Knight's alone in the ring he climbs up the ladder to the top. He reaches up. He's got a hand on the briefcase. And then, like... He suddenly
1: it, forgets how to work a carabiner.
2: Uh, well, they, they get very tricky when you're when you're under stress, is the right. thing. Uh, it's easy to do when you're on the ground, but the higher up you get... Yeah, and then it's one of those great moments in wrestling cinematography because you see Damien Priest's hand shoot just, up from the bottom yeah. of the frame like, uh, well, like, like Jason Voorhees at the yeah, end exactly. of, uh, of, of Friday the 13th. Just grabs him by the neck, a, a monster out of nowhere... And he does a broken arrow off the ladder to La Knight, climbs up and gets the briefcase himself. So Damian Priest is your 2023 Mister Money in the Bank.
1: So I saw a tweet earlier today um, about someone quoting uh, Freddie Prinze Jr. from when he was he, from his time working uh, on WWE Creative, and he talked about how sometimes he <laughs> he talked about um, how sometimes you know Vince would know exactly what the audience wanted to see and would just sometimes change things up just to make sure they they didn't get, get what they wanted just because he thought that was really, really funny. I don't know why I was reminded of that.
2: Yeah, it's definitely something you can notice. I mean, there's this well-known tendency, if you're wrestling in your hometown, Vince will have you lose. Um there was a lot of debate on this as to whether or not it was the right move
1: i I don't i don't see people being too upset that priest has it so to speak as much as just that they had a he's a deserving person to have it but man the crowd's ready again this i mean this is on a smaller scale feels like the wrestle the wrestlemania call for cody is like oh it's just not the right time it's not yeah sure because that crowd was white hot and that crowd booed the ending (laughs) Yeah,
2: I, I was kind of looking over, and I'm just trying to think. Okay, so WWE and, and like of the big moments they've had in 2023, they've had some that landed. They had, you know, Cody winning the Rumble. They had, uh, Sami Zayn joining with Kevin Owens to fight the Bloodline, and they had. They
1: have a big one later on the show. Yeah.
2: and so they, they, it's not that they never
1: do those, but yeah, it's this it's is on their schedule and nobody else's. Yeah, if it, if it's not when they want it to happen, screw you. It'll happen on their timetable. And
2: with a guy like LA Knight, I just I look at him and I'm like his time for I mean he's doing great for he's in uh, I think he's 40 39 late, 90, late 30s I think he's, okay I think he's 39 yeah. yeah so he's doing great
1: they've, they've got a DDP on their hands if they if they do this right
2: yeah although of course uh Kevin Nash I don't know if you saw that interview he gave where he just got weirdly intense on this idea of like a of LA night being uh what he called just a ripoff of the rock
1: Oh, that's weird. No one's ever bitten anyone's ever, any in wrestling before. Yeah, um, I was just like, well, look, let's there's... just, I mean, how would you even compare to people like, say, I don't know, superstar Billy Graham and Hulk Hogan, or, I, again, yeah, it's like, you, every, it's, all he's doing is being, s- like, super confident slash cocky and yeah. talking on the mic. Yes, it sounds like The Rock, because The Rock did that, too. He got over with his words, damn it.
2: Yeah, just the fast talking, super confident, but charmingly so face like it's a thing right and yeah la night like apparently i have been watching i have not been watching um raw or smackdown regularly so i've I been following either. but apparently he is he has won like out of his last 15 matches he's won one of them la night does not have a winning record but he is still one of the most over guys on their roster yeah. right now just because he is that
1: charismatic almost that's how much that means yeah wins and losses don't mean anything if the guy is good But you do need to start building him up.
2: Yeah, so I I can kind of, based off that, understand why they wouldn't want to put the belt on him right now, but have him be Mr. Money in the Bank, then have everybody coming at him. Yeah, And he doesn't have to cash in for, like, six months if he doesn't want to. Just let him carry the briefcase around, start building up wins, and then maybe just once we could try... probably not going to happen with this set of money in the bank winners we could have somebody not do like the the cheap cash in
1: right right which
2: has been the weirdest thing to me for a while is that even when you have someone like big e or uh um who was it last time uh live morgan nominally a face winning the money in the bank right. they're still doing the oh i'm gonna cash in after your other defense uh which which is i guess practical but they've, always seems like kind of a heel move to me
1: yeah and now they've had the in the few times where someone announced it uh it's usually been a face because yeah. they're doing, the, doing it the right way. But you're right, you're right. I mean, like, it's, just, it's become shorthand for, like, this person is going to run in at an opportune moment and try and take the title. Usually yeah. they will.
2: Another weird thing about Priest uh, being the money in the bank guy is do, I, I don't think there's any real belief that he's going to cash in on Roman. Probably not, which is weird because Roman's whole plot right now is that his support team is breaking down. He's more Mm -hmm. vulnerable than he's been in years, but none of us think that's going to be what
1: happens. Funny enough, I have a theory It'll 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 come up after it'll come up later on after we, we get hit one of the matches. But it's interesting. I'm yeah, I think uh I'm And without they, having seen Raw, I have no idea if I'm right or not. I again
2: haven't watched I did look up some of the results, but yeah, it kind of indicates I think what they're what they're setting up for Priest going forward.
1: Okay, so you can tell me if I'm right or not.
2: Yes, so I'll I'll let you know if you're if you're on track with the evidence as okay. it is so far. But yeah, so um good match I thought, good ladder match, good mix of talent. Uh I gave it uh, four stars. Nice. Yeah. Um all right, so next up we have a match for the what are they calling it now? The undisputed women's tag team championship that's a lot yeah well after they had the main roster women's tag team titles unified with the nxt women's tag team titles um you know they called alba fire and uh what was it uh isla dawn up from nxt just so they could yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no i was listening go ahead
2: but yeah no the the tag titles let's remember this is the thing that caused uh then sasha banks and naomi to just walk out of the company just to be like
1: i, see. I mean yeah because uh, we're, we're done because they wouldn't i don't they wouldn't let them defend them
2: yeah it was just like we want you both in like a it was like I think a six woman match and uh, sasha's gonna take the pin and that's you know that's how we're gonna it was, build gonna, be, it was the, gonna
1: lead to single stuff for both of them yeah. was like, but we're the tag champions Yeah.
2: But, yeah, anyway, so the actual competitors in this match are Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey, the defending champions against Liv Morgan and Raquel Gonzalez. And uh, interesting about this is that uh, Raquel and Liv were the tag champions coming out of, um, I think, out of WrestleMania. And Mm. then uh, Liv legitimately tore her shoulder during a title defense back in May. So uh, they vacated the titles. Rousey and Baszler won them at the end of May defeated the nxt champions uh unified the titles um and let's see that was back in june so it sure seems like they're setting up ronda and Shayna for a long run as like a dominant heel tag team right well, Which,
1: not, well knowing what i know now okay it makes a lot of sense the way it went the way it did but um
2: if, if you can yeah see you're that.
1: right no i was like you you said yeah you give them the titles and it's just like it's you, how you're gonna who's gonna get through them
2: yeah that's that's the idea and honestly it's like you know given that they've uh Rhonda hasn't been exactly hundred percent in on wrestling for the last little while, and Shayna is a great talent but has not has been booked really badly i would yeah. say since i don't know i guess elimination chamber twenty twenty was it twenty twenty one where she, she tore through everybody yeah. you know it was twenty twenty because it was the last one before yeah, the pandemic yeah. but yeah where she like just annihilated everybody else in the chamber and then uh since then it's just been kind of ronda's stooge not to not get, a great run for someone with all of her talent. A
1: shame because she, she is, uh, as I, I did hear later, she, she's very much into. Yeah. She, she's, always, she's been all in on this.
2: And I think she is one of the, the best examples of someone with an MMA background Crossing transitioning over. into yeah. that because you have a lot of uh, kind of what Rhonda's descended into of just like very unsafe looking like arm drags and tosses.
1: She's learned how to work.
2: <laughs> yes. Shane has actually been like, okay, wh- what does wrestling do? How does my skill set fit into that?
1: Yeah. Riddle, too, but he comes with a lot of baggage.
2: Yes, yeah. Shayna is the uh, the less problematic of the of their other of all their MMA uh, roster L- right Lashley now. Actually,
1: too technically, but oh wow, but he, yeah. But he, he was wrestler, then MMA, then he went back. Yeah,
2: he went the Brock path with yeah. things. But yeah, so uh, this match. Um very short only nine minutes long and yeah. you know it's not there was a good rhythm there i
1: like that they're establishing raquel as like as a strong woman yeah they, I they, like they do that. a fun
2: thing where because live i mean babyface in distress is where she lives mm-hmm. but also just the idea that it makes sense that Shane and ronda would want to keep her isolated because when yeah raquel gets in she's too powerful for them to overcome so they're trying to kind of work the the weaker person who's also it helps coming back from an injury so they can target her shoulder and mm-hmm. yeah so again good storytelling as far as that goes um, Liv was wearing. Uh, we had a. Uh, cause we wa- You and I watched this on uh, different days. Okay, yeah. You watched it yeah. Saturday. I watched it Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was watching it, uh, Katie, uh, Katie Bearden, um, we, we were having a debate over which Spice Girl Liv was trying Gender. to. Okay. Yeah. She, i don't i don't know well enough to say i just know she wasn't ginger
1: um, hallowell famously wore the union jack outfit okay there it is i pointed it out as soon as i saw her <laughs> it was that or baby spice we're kind of the two finalists no, so it was ginger usually, i i'm going to embarrass myself because of uh, the breadth of my knowledge here but baby spice usually wore pink or something similar
2: okay well that is all i have to say about that so next match up it, no <laughs> um
1: so I, yeah, I they're... liked it, it the angle was kind of uh, the camera angle. I mean, the camera angle was kind of bad in how they they meant to kick this off the ending. But yeah. I but uh, the replays helped because there was this another angle that, that showed it off, but it's like the the end of the match came when um I forget it was live on the ground, right? Yeah, Liv, Liv
2: was in the ring yeah. and uh Baszler like backed into the corner I think, to get some momentum. Yep. And
1: uh, Ronda tagged yourself yep. in. And, and decided to go in there and slap on a, a submission. And uh,
2: while she's doing that, she gets hit out of the corner. No, no, not out of Liv's corner, not by Raquel. She gets hit by Jade Baszler, of, yeah. her own partner. Yep. Clotheslines her out, puts her in a Kirafuda clutch until she stops moving and then storms out of the ring.
1: Allowing Liv and Raquel to regain the championship.
2: Yep. So uh, they do a let's say Tehana Bomb-Oblivion combo and... Yeah, it seems like we are setting up for uh, Rousey versus Baszler. Apparently, uh, Shayna did cut a promo on
1: her that's what I um, saw on that. Raw. I did see that. It's, it, I I didn't think she'd be the one to turn face, but okay. I, I, do you think that's how they view it? I'm really trying no. to figure it out. Oh, not at all. But that's
2: yeah. how I'm viewing it. Yeah, that's. I, I I don't know what kind of heat they're expecting her to get, just given how Ronda's relationship with the crowd has turned.
1: Especially, I mean, especially because it's like it was like it was one of those promos where it's like she's right. Yeah.
2: In the words of Bobby Fish, where's the lie? Crickets, 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 crickets. <laughs> I don't know if you said that part that out loud, but it was clearly on I the I was text. thinking
1: it. <laughs> but yeah, so again, not, not a bad match, just very quick. Um, mm. I, I was and, again, of, and again, in retrospect, it seems like that's the plan they came... Again, in my head, that was the plan it seems like they came up with once they... They had it, like, once they knew when Liv would be back, it feels like. It is weird, because I have
2: to think that when she first got injured, they assumed she'd be out longer. Mm Because, again, from May 12th to end of June is not that long a time, especially for...
1: No, but thankfully it must not have been as bad.
2: Yeah, so it was probably like they thought she'd be out for three or four months. Okay, Mm -hmm. vacate the titles, put on something new oh, she's back, that's good, so, all right. Then they I'm, could
1: resume plans with uh, Liv and Raquel as tag champs, and then they could kickstart this feud.
2: And now the rumor I've been hearing is that Rhonda either her contract is about to expire, or she's got kind of an exit option that she's looking to take. Okay. And kind of the last thing on her bucket list is she wants to work with Shayna. So um, I, it is likely that their match at SummerSlam is going to be Rhonda's last for at least the foreseeable future in WWE, if don't, that, don't if that do is what be believe. Don't
1: give me hope. <laughs>
2: Uh, so we'll we'll see, and you know honestly, I would. They might give her a win on her way out, but I would actually really love to see this be the thing that like catapults Shayna back into a really dangerous singles place.
1: It sh- it's tradition, and again, considering it's Ronda, I don't know how closely it'll be followed, but it's tradition. If you're on your way out, you you uh, you give yeah. for, you give on your way out.
2: If Kurt Angle could do it, then so can you. Damn right. <laughs> yeah. So Cena
1: like- did it. Cena did it recently. Oh
2: wow! Yeah uh the rock didn't do it but i don't think he's ever acknowledged that, that was his final match no. It was like against eric rowan i think or yeah eric rowan's the wwe oh, name i, I like hate to sound NCAA
1: bad i hate to sound like this because i like eric rowan but he wouldn't do it for eric rowan.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see yeah so again a uh, solid match mm-hmm. just the, the thing that really bugs me about it is i you would think losing two fairly high profile talents over this would cause them to rethink the way they booked the Women's Tag Championship. And there is something that just kind of drives me a little crazy about the the wonkiness of how this is getting passed around. Yeah. Um, and I, I would have liked to see more build because I was, again, I don't watch the shows enough to be sure, but I've looked and nobody, like uh, like Ronda and Shayna weren't even on TV from WrestleMania to, uh, I think early May was when they showed up again. Damn. So. Yeah, it's just like they've been kind of scattered around, but they're they they have not really built enough of a dynamic for this to really work apart from just they're both you know, they both come from the MMA. That's thing. how you know that
1: team was built to last.
2: Yeah, really. As far as I know, there's only like one team in WWE of women that are actually like a traditional functioning tag team, like complementary styles, similar mm-hmm. builds. And they're um they're out of NXT. It's, um they were, they were renamed last year uh Katana Chance and Caden Carter. One of them is... Uh, she was formerly Casey Catanzaro. she's dated Ricochet for a while, and she's got a similar, like, very mm-hmm. gymnastic, high-flying style. Um, but yeah, they, they both... It, I would say they're kind of the female equivalent of top flight, just two sort of okay. high-flying, right. fast-moving. Um, every other tag team i could think of like charlotte and oscar were tag team champions it really is just like jam two people together i will
1: yeah that's, that's tradition sadly for yeah. WWE. and again it happens so often you said that and like, and then i was like they were yes of course i it's like i've seen that <laughs> yeah i mean like it
2: started again sasha banks and bailey that's that's a great starting uh set of champions on that and then mm-hmm. since then it's just been uh, all over the place so yeah, solid match for what it was. Um, yeah. Don't like, love the booking overall, but I gave it, I gave it two and a quarter. <laughs> sure. All right, let's see. Um, all right. So next up, okay, we get into uh, the Intercontinental, Ch- Intercontinental Championship, uh, defended by Gunther against Matt Riddle.
1: I believe you mean Gunther. I've heard <laughs> people say that, and I've heard s- Michael Cole say Gunther. it. Gunther. No, Michael Cole says it, and it drives me up the wall. <sighs> I I sat there on Saturday screaming. How does the American not know how to say gun? <laughs> it felt like every time Wade Barrett said it, that he was just in a, just elbowing Michael Cole, going Gunther.
2: <laughs> uh, I just yeah, more more outright antagonism from from Wade Barrett to Michael Cole would make yes. me happier. There's everybody to Michael Cole.
1: But it was it was Gunther versus it was a uh, versus matt riddle in this one matt riddle
2: yeah and i'm just gonna say this is not a new this is not a hot take gunter is in the middle of a really amazing run he is. and the sky is the limit for that guy
1: there's there's going to be a point in in the not too distant future where it's going to be time to elevate him i
2: i was very scared like a lot of people by the nxt call up you know they're changing his name they're making him lose weight uh it's not clear if any or Uh, if both or any of the Imperium guys will be following with him. And then they kind of corrected out of all of that, and Mm -hmm. he's just been tearing it up on the main roster. Um, His his entrance is maybe one of my favorite things on the main roster right now. Just uh, Ludwig Kaiser. It's what they wish Roman Reigns was. Yeah, just the announcement, the the presence of, like, walking in with the coat. I will never not laugh a little bit about the fact that you've got – his his two guys in imperium um one is an italian and one is a german so mm-hmm. the big uh big random name generator the wwe goes to turns up all right, who's the italian uh giovanni vinci okay who's the german ludwig kaiser yeah their actual names are fabian eichner and marcel bartel so
1: you know names that names. names that actual italians and germans <laughs> would have
2: yeah, but for, like,
1: <laughs> for all Sorry, that... What was the Kaiser one again? The, Ludwig? Ludwig Kaiser. Ludwig He's the guy who does the the that talking. That sounds like you would get stopped by German authorities and they would tell you, this is an obviously fake name. Who are you?
2: Yeah, it reminds me of the, the Key and Beale uh, sketch where they're uh, yes. they're pretending to be... Like, uh, Key and Beale are pretending to just be regular Germans. And Oh, Leroy Heimer. Leroy Heimer. Yeah, that's my name. Oh, the Dusseldorf Leroy Heimers. Yes. Um... But yeah, so uh, I, they, what I always love is they come in with him, but then they immediately just exit ringside, so he can just take care of business. It, like again, they, yeah,
1: it's a nice touch. It's like he doesn't need our help. No, we're, ju- we're we're out there. We're out there for the entrance. He's going to do all the ass kicking.
2: Yeah, they're going to take his coat in a very cool way. That kind of mm-hmm. like whipping back, whipping it in circles as he steps back, um, and then yeah, Gunter steps in. So, as you can probably tell by everything I've just said, I love Gunter. I love everything <laughs> about his run. I am so excited to see where he goes next. This was probably the weakest of his title defenses, partly by design, but just that's mainly because I've been so spoiled by, like, his triple threat at WrestleMania oh, or yeah. his matches with Sheamus or just oh, absolutely these really amazing, hard-hitting matches. The Sheamus ones oh are gosh. just i want to go back and watch that clash at the castles just thinking about it now
1: they're like the fight from they live it's just drawn out brutal and ugly and just but still somehow a lot of finesse to it
2: oh yeah just like they they tell the story of just chopping each other's chests in for Mm -hmm. for 20 odd minutes yeah and honestly I, i had pretty high hopes for this one just because riddle you know he's like you said mma background so strikes and grappling are very much in his wheelhouse Um, They came in with a story that he has a leg injury, I think, in his ankle from a previous attack by Imperium. So, again, logically from that, yeah, Gunter is focusing on his leg for most of the match. Um, At one point, ripping the the tape off. Um, In a very neat moment, he rips the tape off, throws it just kind of offhandedly over one shoulder, and uh, the referee just snags it out of the air. Like, it's... (laughs) Like seeing, you know, like a, a samurai master, like catch a fly out of the air to demonstrate their finesse. He just yanks the ankle wrap back in just to be like, nope, we are not throwing that into the crowd. <laughs> but yeah, um, so again, not a lot that was wrong with the match. I just kind of was like, I had a vision of what these two guys could do if they really went at a
1: 100%. Right, but since they were playing the injury angle, which they played well. I mean, yeah. they, they did a good job with it i mean
2: it's it's the kind of thing that is logical what a guy like gunter would do knowing his opponent is injured he's like all right that is going to be the part of you that i hit harder than anything else and uh i'm going to chop the sole of your foot like not not your chest (laughs) not your not your head i'm going to chop the bottom of your
1: foot to aggravate your ankle injury and then Mm -hmm. put you in like a uh that'll that's that'll work there's an r in that word i'll try to remember (laughs) it uh that'll work because i personally i have had an incident where i have bruised my heel before and mm. and the when it's what right as it happens i like, you can't put weight on it for a while
2: yeah i and again riddle sold it like it mm-hmm. it hurt like hell so yeah again i bought all of it it was more uh, one of those cases where it might not be fair to judge a match that happened against the match that i picture in my head true but i don't think it's unreasonable to expect that and if this were setting up a rematch at SummerSlam, I'd be like, "Okay, they're they're warming it up a little bit. We're going to get the full thing down the road." It does not seem like that's going to be what happens, at least not in a one-on-one between them.
1: I feel like I think I think the one tweak that maybe might have made it better was the foot injury shouldn't have been a, a, th- a precondition coming into that yeah it should have happened over the match
2: yeah like it's either something Gun- gunter works or riddle takes a bad landing 10 yeah. minutes in and from that point on gunter's locked in on that and that's what he yeah because you've got down. two guys who can work yeah
1: and work well and to have to ha- to constrain that immediately seems like a bad idea like you should have them start off bla- you know blazing fire yeah and then you can do the work there
2: Agreed, but yeah, again, not a very long match, uh, seven minutes and 45 seconds, and Gunter uh, submits Matt Riddle with a knee bar to his injured leg, so he he's- He is
1: brutally efficient.
2: Yes, which, um, that's all we'll think about with that. The, this Austrian, got, he got into art school, so he's channeling things, in, <laughs> he's channeling his, his feelings into productive things, and we should all be happy about that. Um, wow. Uh, no time for politics when you're wrestling. Yes, exactly. So after uh, Riddle taps out, uh, Gunther is standing high in the ring, and then suddenly a familiar bagpipe theme hits. Who could this be? Well, I, I'll be honest. I, w- I was hoping for Kofi Kingston. But no, <laughs> it was Drew McIntyre making his return. The
1: roof blows off of that place.
2: Oh, my gosh, yes. Because like,
1: I'll be honest, a part of it, I mean, I know I know Gunther's over, but um, I think part of it is they, they also wanted to cheer the European in the match. And, yeah. and it's, it just had to be Gunter, because the moment mcintyre comes back they're like we like that one better
2: (laughs) it's like it's like horseshoes whoever lands closest to like the the spike is like ah that's the person who gets the most cheers it's true but yeah just um, ask canada oh my gosh summer slam um there's summer slam what forbidden door yeah um but yeah so mcintyre makes his way to the ring he has uh i think he's been out since wrestlemania because he did have a triple threat with gunter and sheamus right right um Different reports about why he was off TV for so long. The official line was that he'd uh, been working a little bit uh, a little bit banged up, so he was taking some time just to rest and recuperate. That can
1: happen. That makes sense.
2: Also reports that his contract is up in 2024, and he's not been super happy with a lot of the creative pitches. They that haven't have been, locked them in yet. Yeah, and so the fact that he's coming back on TV and it looks like he's setting up for a big match at SummerSlam makes it seem like they've come to an agreement, but... He's still not signed in, and we'll see the, the next...
1: At the very least, this could be them trying to he it like, it's ah, we're setting this up, and if, you know, if, if he's happy with this, then maybe he'll re-sign.
2: Yeah. If not, then a year from now, uh, we could be seeing uh, Drew McIntyre versus, what do you think, uh, honestly, Drew versus Claudia. That must have happened at some point in WWE, right? Definitely. Yeah, but I'd like to see him run it back in a, oh, in a sure. different context.
1: It's not like he's going to go back to Impact
2: no <laughs> I, I think he is he's outgrown that particular pond um but yeah so uh they, Speaking, they have a stare
1: down sorry they you know that ties in because i recently saw a video about how uh how tna kind of squandered la night when he was there as eli drake wow yeah and uh it coincides with 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 Drew being there because he was the impetus of that happening oh of, it, of his singles run yeah like he they like, were a team it, before Eli went before LA Knight went heel there really i didn't and know that and that's what sparked his, his big run his attempt at running him
2: hmm. it was just like they they were booking uh, Drew over him or what was the
1: the idea was Drew was constantly talking for them and stealing the attention for himself ah. and then Eli him as Eli had enough and then he just kind of broke the team and by attacking Drew Okay. It was interesting. It's I can interesting. see that as a great
2: idea, but yeah. it sounds like it just didn't quite work out Did for them. Did not
1: work out. Impact is not good at this. <laughs> Dang.
2: But yeah, so um, after a stare down, McIntyre uh, hits G- Gunter with a Glasgow kiss and then a claymore, and uh, Gunter rolls out of the ring and takes his belt with him. But yeah, McIntyre uh, sits and stands
1: in the cheers for a while. How shameful to ruin that young man's <laughs> celebration. <laughs> I mean, it would have been a, it would have been him, been him with his a- hands behind his back, with de- scowling dourly at the crowd, but
2: looking as happy as ever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he
2: he got uh, I think he got married earlier this year, Gunter. Right. And yeah, I remember
1: he got engaged. Yes. I, I think we've
2: just like they've they haven't been like blasting over social media or anything, but I I love to imagine him like at the front of the um at the front of the chapel or whatever, just with that look on his face and um just. Everybody's just staring at the pictures. It's like, oh, you big softy. Look at you. (laughs) And like one corner of his mouth turns up slightly and everybody just gasps because they've never known him to show that.
1: That would be the kayfabe, but I have seen him, I have seen him actual behind the scenes pictures he's put up where he's actually smiling and being a normal person. It's (laughs) like seeing
2: someone out of character who's like, oh, that's what it looks like when their face is moving that way. Kind of like Christopher Lee in a way. A little bit. Like just, oh, I guess this guy could make jokes somewhere or just, you know, sit around with a drink and have fun but yeah so i gave uh, i gave the match overall a three and a quarter star and a nice. solid story for what it was mm-hmm. just can't really go higher because i can imagine both of these guys doing a lot more i have to feel like because there was not a lot of announcement or hinting like it, mcintyre's return was a pretty big shock i feel like riddle versus uh gunter was kind of the backup plan if uh for summerslam if they couldn't come it's to with mcintyre yeah that's just my my personal theory um but yeah so fun match there um all right next up uh kind of continuing the range of just sort of soft easy in and out matches uh Cody Rhodes takes on Rhea Ripley with uh Dominic Mysterio briefly getting between them I think you got that oh oh
1: no wait no that's mm. right <laughs>
2: yeah uh this uh, okay
1: but this was a great match it
2: was a lot of fun this was yeah um, what I what I I don't know how they got to this place with Dominic and Rhea and how this is working so well for both of it's them. It's magic. But it is it is that thing I love in wrestling where something is so goofy and ridiculous but both people are having exactly the right amount of fun with it. Oh. And yeah, so it absolutely. just everybody just gets to enjoy watching them do it. And it's the the particular way that they're having Rhea be the dominant one in the in the relationship, without mm-hmm. having that be like goofy exactly, it's not that like, oh, we're supposed to laugh at Dom because he's emasculated because uh ah, powerful women are scary. It's like, no, one, Rhea is a legitimate badass and Dominic is a punk kid. Never mind the fact that they're actually like the same age, but he comes off as a dumb teenager and, and it, she
1: can and until it, it goes somewhere different. They're into it. They're both
2: Yeah. They're <laughs> Oh man, yeah. They're just like and Cody comes out and in a tremendously gracious gesture, he has allowed the Union Jack to share space on the back of his of his entrance coat, which is a I mean, I think he in his back in AW days after he was addressing, you know, the the, the lingering wounds of segregation by having his child. <laughs> Uh, he's now, you know, he's he's mending the transatlantic rift between the colonies and the mother country. Just a, a goodwill ambassador everywhere he goes. I, I love Cody, and I I think, <laughs> I think he got a lot of un- I, That was a very uncharitable reading that a lot of people had, but I just yeah, it's yeah. something that I don't think he's gonna live down. <laughs> no, but, um, but yeah. So it's it's just a case where. Brock is not going to fly across an ocean for anything less than Saudi money so yeah exactly
1: oh no just like yeah I'm not going to England if I don't have to you're not offering any extra
2: but Cody is one of the most over guys Dom has some of the most heat just bounce those two energies off each other and yeah don't don't let it outstay it's welcome there's don't,
1: effortless heat from Dom
2: really is and the the best thing about the kind of heat he's got is You can have him lose over and over again and it just works for him he's not meant to be a threat he's not meant to be credible like when he like if he gets a win then oh it's all the more despicable but if he loses then he's just going to try something even more weasley next week
1: when the first time cody went for the crossroads that man dom turned to jelly (laughs) to get out of that move yeah just like just like slither away i've never seen someone go that limp that effectively
2: Oh, I'm sure Rhea could offer some uh, some insight on that point for him. But, no, um, yeah, uh, like, but I don't think she ever actually um, attacked Cody directly. No, no, I could no, be wrong. Did. But there would be moments where, like, uh, Dom would roll out of the ring, try to, like, she run She would get away. between. Yeah, Cody would chase, and Rhea would just plant herself and square off with him. Because she
1: and, knows Cody's not going to take a swing.
2: Yeah, which... In another company, this this could build to something. Like, I would honestly love... Rhea is... One of those, I think, who could have such a great intergender energy for one of those matches. Again, not going to happen in WWE, but yeah. And I think, honestly, Cody could put
1: that over. But that's great because she works it to her advantage. Like, she knows. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Going to hit me?
2: (laughs) Yeah, she is just having so much fun with this and... Uh, So I actually looked this up because I'd I'd missed when this happened on TV. Uh, She won the SmackDown Women's Championship at WrestleMania, then got drafted to Raw. So now they've renamed it to...
1: She has the Women's Big Gold Belt. The
2: Women's World Championship, while Asuka still has just the WWE Women's Championship. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just uh, update. Everybody update your cork boards accordingly.
1: Like I said, Women's Big Gold Belt. Uh, And, hey, looks good on her. Um, as good as that thing can look, sure. <laughs> I honestly, as as much as as much as I will rag on it till the end of time, just because it just seems like Triple H just desperately wanted that belt back. Um, yeah, just, little... and then they had to brand a big W on it. Um, a lot of nostalgia. But but uh, I will I will say I like that better than the other one. <laughs> I love that a lot better than the just the big W.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, that's that that logo just does not
1: no it just, it,
2: no it always just looks cheap on a belt is the issue like AEW
1: or T like if, if you've got like a strand and, and you know and part of it you know what part of it is right because it's like um well I mean because it's been it's been happening for years and years but when when teams will win championships it got to a point where it was like there was always one guy who would have a replica uh wrestling title like like either it was the big gold belt or the other one, uh, and and WWE got to a point where they would send them to to them because they knew they liked you know having them to show hey we're champions of the world, and I think part, I think someone I don't it's not an official thing but part of it seems like it was they designed it so it's like when they have those belts and you're seeing them there's always the big W right there so you know where it's from yeah because people liked having the big gold one. And it's just like it's great, the lin- you know the lineage, whatever. But it's like it doesn't have the WWE on it. It doesn't. You're not getting you're not getting
2: your your marketing money's worth on that. Nope. <laughs> but yeah, um, fun match. Uh, I, I I think Cody is now one step closer to having endured enough to challenge to uh, to the, challenge for the world title again.
1: The best part was Cody winning and looking so upset that he had to even do that at all. <laughs> <laughs> he looked pissed at having. Having been a part of any of that. And I know this is good acting on his right. part, but it was just great to see it was like I won this and I really wish I had not been here.
2: <laughs> this was not a great use of a plane ticket, I No.
1: <sighs>
2: but yeah, uh, I gave it I gave it three stars. Uh it's you know, again yeah. uh incredible heat meets uh incredible pop pop, there we go, thank you. Um and yeah, just Nobody pretends the match is anything other than what they, it is. They
1: made a great pay-per-view match out of a match that would be really good on TV. and yeah. they, they, they really gave people their money's worth out of that. Honestly, yeah. I would
2: say that was the case for a couple of these. Um, bo- and Honestly, the very next uh, segment also felt like a, a TV production, but we'll get to that in a moment. I, uh, I'm just trying to imagine telling somebody two years ago, Dominic Mysterio versus Cody Rhodes at a pay-per-view. It'll be awesome, and you'd be like, Cody Ro- would would Cody Rhodes in WWE or Dominic Mysterio being like a singles a successful singles guy be the harder part to to really wrap your head around, but man.
1: it's been really great watching Dom develop.
2: Yeah, he's he's found a good energy, and while he still can't quite do the six one nine with the anything like the speed that his dad does, that's not his fault because really nobody can. Right, like Ray just ha- he taps into some other dimension to do that. But yeah, um. All right, so uh, after that, we actually uh, have a segment. Uh, John Cena comes oh out, um, which, again, was not something we didn't advertised. Like, this
1: should have been at least a third of the length that it actually was. Yeah, I, I,
2: okay, I, he comes out, and I'm like, all right, John Cena's out. He's going to pop the crowd a little bit. Yeah. And then it goes on and on. And he's not just doing the usual, like, it's great to be back here. Thank y'all. He starts talking about how. What um, is this
1: leading to? What is this yeah, going he's into? He's
2: like, hey, wouldn't it be great if WrestleMania came to London? And the crowd goes insane. And he doesn't immediately walk it back. But everybody starts looking into this afterwards. And they're like, no, the next WrestleMania is going to be in Philadelphia. And while they haven't locked down what the one after that is going to be, all reports say they're looking at U.S. cities. So. Right. What is he doing here? yeah and he's again this has been a great crowd so far yeah and this actually felt a little sleazy to me i'm like these people are so hyped and so energetic and you're coming out just to do the cheapest of pops for them don't do that don't don't disrespect the energy they're giving you
1: but then the point of the, the point of this segment became apparent because Grayson waller came out
2: yes and he wants to suggest that instead of wrestlemania coming to london they should have a wrestlemania in australia and the crowd doesn't like that because australia is where the criminals get
1: sent <laughs> But, well, it's uh, their fault for sending <laughs> sending the criminals to the nicer country. <laughs> the weather is so much better.
2: Um, yeah, so, again, like you said, it's just, we're going to sit here talking about it for a minute or two, and then we'll move on. But when you're watching it, it just goes on and
1: on and on. It is of a length that I don't understand. It's like, it, this, this program was not was it hurting for to meet a t- to meet a certain time limit i mean again it, like
2: i mentioned earlier not a not a terribly long card no. overall but yeah this this if this had been on tv this would have covered like commercial break to commercial break this would right. have been a full act and you you could have booked something else if you just needed like another 10 or 15 minutes just you got two guys i'm sure you could come out and
1: it it yeah it's just weird because it's like i get i get the point i get the points like one they get to see cena something you know because he I mean, he didn't get to go over his, a lot during his career because right. they, they rarely made the international stops. And then yes, you want to push, help get, get someone over in a segment. So yeah, Grayson Waller, yeah. of course he's an Australian. You know, and he, if he talks shit on England, he's going to yeah. get booed because he's the Commonwealth. Ugh, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, it's, it's not like the ingredients aren't bad. I just don't
2: get why it couldn't be like a five minute segment. Waller comes out, cuts a 30-second promo, gets an attitude adjustment, and then, boom, Cena's out of there.
1: That's essentially what happened, but, like, way longer.
2: Yeah, very, very weird. Um, And, again, we'll see if they have, like, a big announcement coming down the pipeline. It kind of just felt like they saw that pre-sales for, I don't know, I think it's just regular sales at this point. But sales for uh, all-in at Wembley are crossing 75,000. It's closing <laughs> in on being one of the highest-selling... they just selling... opened
1: up the last of the available seats, I believe, too. Yeah,
2: so there's there's a real chance that this could become one of the highest-selling wrestling events of all time. So maybe... On, I can honestly see whatever stage they're at with the 2025 WrestleMania. Vince, like, throwing those plans out the window and being like, we are going to book a bigger stadium in London, and we're going to staple a second stadium to that.
1: I just... I need AEW to get bigger... A little faster, so Vince finally has the coronary? Yeah. I mean, his parents both lived into their hundreds,
2: right? I'm he's, terrified yeah. of that.
1: <laughs> I need him to have gotten the regressive gene on that one. Oh, jeez. Uh, he's made it to his 70s.
2: It's Spike fine. has gotten him this far, and it will get him a lot It further. will power his corpse
1: <laughs> even after he's
0: dead. Plus, if anybody currently alive is going to be the first person to put their brain into a robot... It's gonna be Vince McMahon. And it's, it's gonna be an exact replica of him, 30 years younger.
1: He's still gonna have that mustache for no good reason.
0: Yes, but it's gonna be his brain inside of a robot body. I think robots. Because fuck you.
2: Robots are the fallback plan. I think every every big man who's come through WWE in the last 20 years, Vince has found an excuse to like put a uh, one of those uh, measuring tapes around their head, just to be like, all right, how
1: how would this. Uh okay but
2: don't, don't, don't ask questions Kali the
1: good news is that happens is that robots are technically aren't people so if someone blows it up or destroys it it's not murder exactly but yeah Vince
2: McMahon <laughs> man can dream remember when they were pretending he wasn't back in creative and they were just like oh no he's just overseeing see the business side but Triple H is still in, the, and they just kind of stopped pretending that it's, as far as I'm aware there's never now, been an announcement it's
1: now just, the reports are okay Vince touched this show less this week
2: yeah he was not physically present well, I, for I, Money in the Bank.
1: I literally saw a report from Fightful that was like, oh, yeah, no, Vince, is, Vince was all over this show for some reason. It's was just like, okay. Yeah. But, th- they, yeah, they do. They just say they let you know how Vince-heavy shows are from now on.
2: Ah <laughs> oh, man. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, Punk's prediction as to whether or not uh, wrestling will get better and how uh, things will go under, his, uh, under Vince's doofus son-in-law uh, yet to be determined.
1: I feel like you can't. They can't do worse. I,
2: I feel like there was a really encouraging couple of months after Vince had stepped there away, was, and there then, was a noticeable difference. Yeah, and now we're especially we're in a weird place where there's a tendency: any good decision to get credited to Triple H, and any bad decision to get credited to Vince. And which again is probably a great place to be if you're Triple H, but it's probably not that simple, and we're probably not going to see what pure Triple H creative looks like for a while now.
1: Nope. And if you feel like this discussion went on too long, this is about what it felt like watching that segment. Yeah, so at this point,
2: I think uh, John Cena has tried to walk out of the ring for the first <laughs> time, and Waller has interrupted him. But, yeah, so again, uh, he attacks Cena, Cena rallies, hits an attitude adjustment, crowd pops.
1: Yay, yeah. and, uh, because yeah. they know that segment's over. Um, <laughs>
2: God save the king. Um, yeah, so that gets us into the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, competitors are Bailey, Becky Lynch, EO Sky, Zelina Vega, Trish Stratus, and Zoe Stark. Yes. Uh, interesting on this one, it's got
1: six competitors. Men's men's match had seven. Um, I, was, I will say overall, I enjoyed this one more. I liked it a lot. I think it was the right call to put this one on where it was.
2: Agreed. I think this one, um, I think the men's match was a good one to open up. Um, interesting thing about this match is you had uh, different dynamics from the... Various factions that are in. You've mm-hmm. got um, like Becky just kind of seems to want to beat the crap out of Trish. Like she climbs the ladder, <laughs> but half the time when she's doing it, it's because Trish is up there and that's right, just where she has it's to go still, to enter. It's
1: still ongoing. Their feud's still ongoing. So yeah. that makes sense. It's like uh, Becky's Becky's more uh, inclined to just. Beat the crap out of Trish. Yeah,
2: like this is the match that Trish is in, so that's
1: really why Becky's there. And they did similar spots in this match, but I feel like they happened a little more organically in this one. Like the the way they set up the the ladder from the ring ropes to the to into the one of the rungs of the ladder. Yeah, that insert thing they did that a lot more naturally in this one. Agreed. Um, I forget what the exact setup was, but they the, they looked like, it looked like they tried to ram somebody with a yeah, ladder. Yeah, like somebody dodged missed,
2: out of the way and it just and got in stuck in between there. The like, rungs.
1: Oh, hey, look at that.
2: Yeah see i think um trish stratus is really uh, all respect in the world for her when she probably could have done just fine coming back cashing oh, yeah. an occasional paycheck for a legends appearance for her to actually be like no i want to come back i want to work regularly i want to have an ongoing angle mm-hmm. and not just like a you know we'll have a singles match now she's she's bumping pretty hard in this one. Oh yeah like she's coming off the ladder i think uh i think she delivered a hurricane rana to take Becky off at one point. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, and again, she's got Zoe Stark as sort of her her muscle. So
1: that that was the difference in this match too. There was there was the angle of uh, not uh, not Becky, Bailey and yeah. Eo. and Zoe and Trish kind of working as a, as teams a little bit.
2: Yeah, you had sort of some factions dividing things up instead of just every
1: competitor for themselves. Yeah, it it was like it was it was funny because it was like it was Bailey and Eo working in tandem but zoe was working for trish
2: yeah and and then uh eventually uh bailey decided to change that up but Uh we'll we'll get there um (laughs) that was so good that was a great moment Heal bailey can you believe there was a time where we just didn't think
1: that was working uh but yeah um she also brought back a classic and yelled at cole oh yeah she leaned out of the ring and yelled shut up cole (laughs)
2: i will never get tired of that hostility because it will never not be warranted it's wonderful uh just look at the numbers on this one by the way so becky actually has the most money in the bank appearances of any uh woman in wwe she's been in five money in the bank matches she has never won but she's been a regular uh bailey and Zelina have each been in two and then the other three were all in it for the first time Hmm. interesting thing about the money in the bank i actually looked at somebody who'd done the averages uh, men's Money in the Bank cash-ins are successful uh, 0.783 uh, out of one. So just under four-fifths of the time, a men's cash-in is successful. Okay. There has never been an unsuccessful women's cash-in. Every time it's resulted in the title changing hands.
1: Interesting. So they do.
2: Let's see. There's actually another thing, um, and we'll get to this after the end of the match, but uh, the current money in the bank holder for the women is the first person to have held on to the case for more than 36 hours <laughs> since Carmella back in 2017. Everybody else who's won it. Like has cashed in by the next night? Cashed in the same night or on the following Raw. Interesting. So yeah, we'll, we'll see how this one sticks around for a while. That
1: reminds me when we get to the end of this, I have to mention something that makes me think LA Knight was originally supposed to win.
2: Oh, I'd be interested to hear that. Yeah. Uh, just to cover some earlier stuff, uh, Zelina, as is kind of her tendency, has sort of a uh, cosplay-themed gear. In this case, apparently modeled after Frieza from Dragon Ball Z, sort of a white and purple styling. Who had it? Uh, Zelina. Yeah, well,
1: so did... Uh, well, and um, Ronda Rousey also had DBZ-modeled gear. Oh, yeah. She, she had the, the boo, right? Majin the... Vegeta. Okay. Um, Ma- I'll, I'll get through this real quick. There was a story arc where this uh, villain named Majin... Was it Majin? Majin. Um, That was during the Boo Saga, right? No, Dobra. excuse me. Yeah, he was this devilish kind of guy who could possess people. Uh, And when they were possessed, they had an M on – maybe I'm confusing it, but I think that's what happened. It was somewhere around that time. After the Cell Saga, I'm completely lost, so I don't know. But, uh, yeah, he he could possess people, and when they were possessed, they had an M on their forehead. So that's what Ronda was sporting. I I recognize that. Um, I I did not catch the other one, though.
2: Well, the Zelina one I just saw because she she'd posted about it on social media, okay. just and a lot of. Um... I knew Zelina was wearing something. I just couldn't yes. pick it out. The one that threw me. So Becky comes out in a kind of green and gold looking outfit. I think
1: she was Banshee.
2: So definitely X Men. We Banshee, I think, is the one that makes the most sense. There is
1: a female Banshee.
2: Yes, or a Siren, right? So maybe Siren. Yeah,
1: but uh, yes. I think it's Siren.
0: Yeah, because
2: we were trying to like—is it Rogue? Is she supposed to be Jean Grey? But yeah, I think—I think
0: you're both wrong. She was 100% Jean Grey. I don't think it was Jean, Jean Grey. The, it would. She, she was classic. She was in a green unitard with a gold uh, like phoenix on it.
2: All right, and, man. But Siren also you're allowed your incorrect a bird look, opinion. But, huh.
0: So, <sighs> yeah,
2: I. I I know that Zelina absolutely puts a lot of time and thought into this. Becky, it may have just been like somebody suggested this to her and she went with it because I've never gotten the sense that that's a huge yeah uh, a huge part of her concern when she's picking her gear. Chris is holding up his phone so David can see. Is that Siren? That's Siren. And Siren actually is Irish. So yes,
0: she's Irish. <sighs>
1: I'll let you have that as consolation.
2: Uh, speaking of entrances, there was apparently a bit of a gaffe by the announcer. Bailey was announced as being a member of the Judgment Day. I heard that. And then a second later, they announced <laughs> EO as part of damage control. <laughs> control. Um, one of those things that you don't think can happen at that level, but hey, it's a lot of pressure and a lot of shouting. So. It's all
1: right. No one's listening. We're listening. <laughs> Botchamania's listening.
2: <laughs> oh, that's going to come up. A lot of fun spots on the ladder that they used. I think because generally, like, female competitors tend to, on average, have, like, less mass. There's less chance of the ladder toppling over. I was thinking
1: that that same thing while watching it. It was just like, yeah, they are a bit lighter. So they can can do more stuff like that, I think.
2: One thing they were kind of doing that I thought was fun, you don't see it as often in ladder matches as you'd think, but, like, striking through the rungs to hit somebody on the other side. Like, at one point, I think um, Bailey was trying to climb up and Becky just, like, Punched through the rungs to hit her in the stomach. Yeah. And at another point, she grabbed uh, Zoe Stark in a disarmor, her, like her armbar through the ladder, mm-hmm. just pulling her against the metal. Um, sky, because, well, she's the genius of the sky, did her no look moonsault off the ladder on the outside which, it doesn't seem like something a smart person would do it okay <laughs> yeah you wouldn't think but somehow she always hits it like i, I cannot imagine not even like glancing over your shoulder <laughs> but like she just climbs up
1: gets in a position, lot of that's a lot of goes. trust and yeah. i admire that <laughs>
2: uh oh Zelina vega did her uh, uh let's see it's a code red slash canadian destroyer mm. uh over the ladder, over the top of the that's ladder, right. to Zoe Stark was on their yes. side. There was a scary bit where her uh, her feet hit the briefcase as she was coming over, and uh, it looked like she'd get knocked off course. But they managed to connect it, and she finishes the move through, and they both land on the horizontal ladder that's between the ropes and the uh, and the upright ladder in the ring. A very nasty looking landing, but
1: such a fun match.
2: Yeah, and thankfully she didn't do that move on Trish because, well, you know, Canadian destroyer.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well again this is a ladder match, money in the bank, so no disqualification. So the uh, foreign object that enters, apart from all the ladders, is a set of handcuffs that yeah. Zoe Stark gets out at one point. Zoe
1: enters try to handcuff Becky. Yeah. So they, they get, get th- one around her. They get one around on her wrist.
2: And then Becky kicks her away and goes back into the um, back into the ring. There's a weird moment where Bailey tries to, like, is trying to climb the ladder, and Becky sort of fish hooks the free cuff into her mouth. Oh my God, that was so good. She fish hooked her. Which it looked incredibly painful, and I absolutely buy it, but as it comes down, uh, it slips out of Bailey's mouth, and she kind of awkwardly has to readjust (laughs) to keep it in there, which. Gives the whole thing kind of a
1: different feel. Lo- no, I love it. No,
2: but no, no. I, just, notes. <laughs> I love that idea. Honestly, anytime handcuffs get introduced in the ladder match, my, my gold standard will always be the time Sami Zayn handcuffed himself to AJ threat. Styles. That triple and, threat is incredible. And was just laughing his head off as AJ had to literally throw
1: him on his back so he could climb the ladder with both of them. It's worth pointing out as as that was going underway previously, Io uh, Bay- uh, was going up the ladder to get the briefcase, and it got the the ladder got knocked over. By Bailey. Yeah. Now Wade. Now Wade Barrett tried to cover it by saying, "I was oh you, she, she couldn't tell who she was pushing off. She was just instinctively just pushing the ladder to, to keep the match going." But then again, of course, on replay you see it, and it's just like it's very obvious. Oh, yeah. You can't not know
2: who's up there. Yeah, Bailey is absolutely making that choice. Yeah. What's What's questionable is, did e, could EO tell who had knocked the ladder over? Was she just I looking at the case? I think she could. Well, they seem to think no, because they're working together for a minute. And then at the end, um, Becky and Bailey are both on the ladder they're, fighting each other. They're
1: fighting each other. They're like trying to hit each other through the ladder as they work their way up.
2: And then EO shows up, grabs the free cuff from Becky's wrist, claps it around Bailey's wrist. So they are now handcuffed to each other through the ladder. She climbs over Bailey. <laughs> which is a conscious choice. Yes. And makes it up to the top and EO Sky becomes your 2023
1: women's money in the bank contract holder. And that leads into my the- my theory was that LA Knight was going to win because earlier they played a promo about well the, p- the fact that 2K23 is on sale and they had some promotional stuff that you could redeem a code for um, that they that they showed you for like for part of their it was, it was, whatever part of it is that card game thing that's in the game. Oh, yeah. I've, yeah. I've that. Well, they, they ran a code for it and the two they were offering uh, for it were Sky and LA Knight. Hmm. Who, well, one of them coincidentally won the women's money in the bank. Yeah. And as like when I was looking at that, I, I, when I looked at that, I saw the like, dogs did they tip the winner? And it turns out they did. So it leads me to believe I think LA Knight was originally going to win that
2: match. Huh yeah that does kind of lean credence to the vince thought it would be funny theory although damian priest beat like what happens with the the yeah. match with seth rollins and finn Balor later so it had to at least have been decided th- a, yeah a I little think, bit in advance. no i think they
1: changed it but i think they also had plans for it too yeah yeah, was, yeah that'll be fun to talk about there
2: yeah but no i'm very happy for EO Sky because she is like she's been fantastic since nxt um seeing her she had a Kind of brief appearance on Lucha Underground, mm-hmm. but there's just a scene where um, Penta uh, in uh, just to diverge into Lucha Underground for a minute. Uh, it was this kind of show. Penta gets into a feud with a like an Asian triad gang, of course, and he goes through a gauntlet match where these three women each come out and attack him. Uh, one is a a wrestler I'm not super familiar with, but the second one is Kyrie Sane, and the third one is Io Shirai. Who's oh, okay. Now so it was just like, oh wow, wait, these are. These are really big deals in Japanese women's wrestling, and you just get to see them like go in this, you know, one after the other, after the other match against Penta. I gotta go back and rewatch Lucia Underground. That show was insane, but yeah. So Eosuke, um got her chance at the women's title, uh, and she's still nominally at least she's still in a faction with the woman who tried to knock her off the ladder to uh, keep her from getting it. Hmm. <laughs> I it may I, I will not weep if this dissolves Damage Control because. That faction really hasn't gotten a chance to live up to the potential of the people involved, yeah. but if this is how it goes. That was a really fun way for it to go out.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, I give that one. I give that one four stars as well. Uh, just really solid, really fun ladder match.
1: Well deserved. Let's
2: see, all right. So now right, we're up to the penultimate event of the evening. The uh, consolation, cha- sorry, the world heavyweight <laughs> championship is being defended by Seth Freakin Rollins against Finn Balor. So, yeah, um, Seth is doing his damnedest to put some real prestige on this belt, mm-hmm. which, all respect to him. Um, Finn, he is starting to seem, by an ever-increasing margin, the person who is getting the least out of Judgment Day of its members. Yeah, kind of. And, you know, he's because he's challenging for the, the secondary world title now. He had a Hell in a Cell match at WrestleMania, so it's not like he's doing nothing but... It just sort of feels like you know priest is mr money in the bank dom and Rhea are both shooting into the stratosphere and finn is still just a guy who can have good matches yeah. but that seems to be all that creative really sees him
1: as i feel like judgment day could be winding down and it it I,
2: yeah.
1: it lends this match lends credence to that so
2: it does but uh, this is another one that kind of in the, the vein of uh, Gunther and, and Riddle, I just based on the two people involved and what I know they're both capable of, I was expecting a little bit more than we ended up getting, especially because uh, in the in the build up to this, um, Finn called back to his match with, uh, with Seth at SummerSlam in 2016, which is mm-hmm. when they just unveiled the Universal Championship. Uh, Finn beat uh, Seth to win that title, become the first Universal Champion Yeah, but he uh, separated his shoulder I think during the match or uh, suffered some kind of serious legit injury and had to vacate it the next night Mm -hmm. so his sort of attitude is, you know, I I had a chance to be an inaugural champion too you took that away from me and I'm going to do that to you now not a bad build yeah. and Seth uh, was selling a kayfabe rib injury when uh, when they were doing this so you had a lot of Finn targeting that gotcha, yeah so, again, decent story, good narrative spine, but I don't know. I just know both of these guys can go, it feels like 10 or 15% harder than they I f- really got I feel like to. that's
1: because they took Batsy to the the story they started, they started developing or sh- showing off after yeah. uh, Damian Priest wins the money in the bank, which is he comes out ostensibly to lend support.
2: Yeah, he just kind of comes in and then sits at ringside, but he's got the case with him. Yep. And, uh, at first it actually seems to help Finn because Seth, like, looks at him kind of ner- warily and, uh, Finn grabs him for a roll up, doesn't quite get a three count, but it mm-hmm. seems like, okay, he's distracted, uh, his ally's opponent. So, but again, if he's out there with the briefcase, then whoever wins the match is going to be the person he cashes in on. So
1: yeah. And, and Finn at some point finally has enough and goes out and confronts him.
2: Yeah. Just like, what are you doing out here? Damien's
1: just quiet. He's not early. You know, he's not, he's not responsive. And it distracts Finn.
2: It does. And in fact, even when he seems like he's got the advantage, because he hits Seth with uh, two consecutive uh, of his coup de grace, Mm -hmm. uh, one off the announce table when uh, Seth's on the outside, one off these steel steps, and then he rolls him back into the ring, goes up to the top rope for the finisher, and then just kind of looks over. He also could have been checking to see if anybody was coming for the ring ropes with uh, wire cutters. Because that that has been a a problem they've had of
1: Turnbuckles were a problem. Yeah, you're going to get
2: those. But no, he uh, is looking over. Because Priest gets up and starts to walk towards the ring holding the case. And that enables, uh, that gives Seth enough time to roll clear when Finn goes for the move. Mm -hmm. uh, Before he can get up, Seth hits him with a stomp and pins
1: to retain. So yeah, 12 minutes. um, Again, interesting interesting decision. Yeah. And then a post-match confrontation between Finn yeah. and, and Damian, which, which funny enough also effectively cuts off Damian's ability to, uh, to possibly cash in.
2: So, they, I'll go ahead and tell you, they took that further on Raw because yeah. um, uh, Seth ended up having a match against uh, Dominic. Mm-hmm. Um, Priest came down and hit him, I think, with the, with the Money in the Bank case, causing a DQ. Yeah, um, Goes to the outside. I might be wrong about him hitting him with a case. I think he just attacks him um and is kind of circling up with uh Rhea and with Dominic for a minute Mm -hmm. and then he picks up the case and he starts walking towards the ring and he climbs in and Seth is still on the ring laid out trying to get back to his feet and then Finn comes in from the opposite side attacks Seth starts wailing on him knocks him into uh Priest which causes Priest to fall off the apron to the outside um Seth manages to like knock Finn away enough to roll out of the ring uh, gives Dominic a pedigree for good measure, and then sprints to the back. So, <laughs> yeah, Priest can't cash in if Seth isn't in the ring. So, right. That and was the that's the follow up on Raw. That they're was definitely... my thought
1: upon seeing the end of the match. Is like, this I mean could lead to the end of the Judgment Day because it looks like they're gonna start feuding to the point where it's like they, they, it's like they both want Seth, and then they end up. I feel like it's gonna end up with them fighting over the briefcase.
2: Yeah, that's that's the thing. Some people are saying we might see like a. a a briefcase on the line match at SummerSlam. Right. Um, I think. I don't think they're both going to be in Judgment Day when this is over. I think the the stable might still be there, but you might just see probably Finn. I would think go off on his own back into singles realm. I think. Ben so. I can see Priest, Dom, and Rhea going on. Maybe if they have somebody else they want to recruit. Um,
1: All I'm saying is, if you have a beard like that, apparently you're just not meant to stay in Judgment Day. Yeah. Because it looks you. so much like edges <laughs> when they kicked him out.
2: Actually, you know, they've said Edge is going to be coming back soon, so it'd mm. be uh, interesting if he made his return to the stable or just went back to feuding with them. I,
1: th- I feel yeah, I feel it'd be funny if he helps Fen feud with them. <laughs> <laughs> They'd need someone else in the yeah. stable, but it would be funny to me. <laughs> but yeah, so
2: I feel like the fact that we've talked so much about that last segment and the fall out in the next animal
1: raw kind of says something
2: about the match itself which again wasn't bad these these are two really good workers
1: no but it's, it's very story heavy and there's a yeah. difference when even if it's a good match there's a difference when it's story heavy instead of like telling a story in the ring yeah and um yeah
2: I'm kind of looking over my notes for it and like the even most of the stuff I have uh when um Because Finn enters first, then when Rollins comes in, the crowd, as they've been doing more and more lately, do their, whoa. Oh, yeah.
1: Wow, that went on forever. Yeah.
2: Seth just stands on the apron, like, facing the crowd, and they're just going and going, and you can see Finn, like... He's I not really, wearing a watch, but it, like he's he wants to be like looking at his wrist and tapping I his. Really foot. wanted
1: Finn to just go ahead and just blast him. I just like.
2: <laughs> I'm really surprised he didn't do that around like the the 45 second mark.
1: It's like you can't do that. They will do it forever if you let yeah. them. Yeah.
2: And again, it, Seth Rollins is a face is a he's he's a troll. That's kind of been his whole thing. Yeah. To the point that it's not really clear when he turned, because you could argue that
1: there there's characters like that. It's yeah. just like there's characters where it's just like they turn, but it's just because the crowd got one over
2: yeah you're gonna start cheering me and i'm gonna stop cheating and then that's and everything else is gonna be the same but yeah um so again solid match um this still doesn't really feel like a real championship not through the fault of seth rollins but just because this would all have made a lot more sense if cody had beaten roman and then they'd come up with some reason for him to only hold the wwe title and then seth was running around with the universal like you
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that could have easily, uh, just to, to backseat book for a second, that could have easily have been like Roman claiming, you only beat me for one. Yeah. You only get, that's the one you get. He's like, you didn't beat me for two titles, you beat me for one. And then he could have, you know, like Gollum just yeah. held on to his precious. Or no, uh,
2: Paul Heyman is holding onto those, oh, Roman yeah. holds on to Paul Heyman and yeah, carries yeah, him right. out of
1: there. Yeah. Well, Heyman's <laughs> making a very tough, mean mug at him. Yeah, I
2: we we can get into this a little more with the next match but it is it really does seem like they had the next 6 months planned out with Cody coming out as the world champion and Roman just deteriorating and then when they decided at what had to be very late in the game to have WrestleMania go a different way they didn't really bother changing anything else
1: no in fact people had to come out and hold water for it and say no no the plan was was cody supposed to lose and he just wasn't you know it wasn't his time yeah it's like when is it going to be his time he went off and found another country company and helped (laughs) helped it get successful and then came back he's
2: going to go off and found two companies this time (laughs) with blackjack and hookers
1: like you need to stop making cody Rhodes upset he keeps founding the
2: competition your your business will not survive if he does this again (laughs) but yeah so um yeah uh yeah i gave that one three stars nice so, yeah. Yeah, no, it was a solid solid match, match. Yeah. nothing it's kind of a fair amount on this card just kind of goes quickly nothing really wrong with it here's the thing i am all for that versus how i've felt
1: in the past so
2: yeah i when, when i agreed to take this over i say agreed when i, I can't when you were to take strong this armed. over <laughs> I I was ready because you know, you we have been at pay per views where we've both been furious and yeah like we've walked home and I was you know I was like all right there's gonna be one where I get to come in and I just get to cut loose and say what I think about Vince McMahon and how he and it it's been good product <laughs> damn it damn so it. far um not like the best but it's like yeah there's not a lot that gets me angry even when I'm just kind of like again WrestleMania the the night two of WrestleMania I was pretty pissed off when I was. When I was heading home from it that, yeah, I
1: mean, it was such a, it was such an emotional cock block. Yeah, and what I will
2: always say is, the reason that you have a heel, the reason you have a great heel, is so that a great hero can rise to right. defeat them. That is the, that is the fundamental thing of storytelling that we connect to in wrestling. We, and to have the bloodline disintegrate before somebody beats roman means nobody's gonna beat like the great villain roman reigns they're gonna no. beat the the shell of him that's left after the he, usos are done
1: this could have still happened with like you said with a cody rhodes victory yeah. and they could have been the kickoff yeah the impetus
2: and cody rhodes comes out of that as like the mo- the hottest face they've had mm-hmm. since john cena like just a level of like this guy has come back he's had this great triumphant story and screw you that would have been an amazing end to that part of his story not you chris screw like all of the vague people over there that i'm just no, doing no, what
1: you're saying <laughs> but yeah
2: i guess that takes us into the next match the main event the bloodline civil war tag team match i
1: hate that name continue Yeah, <laughs>
2: between the bloodline uh, which is now down to the unsputed...
0: i think you mean the war of samoan aggression <laughs>
2: Or as uh, Roman I, I
1: wanted to give that a second. It was, it was good.
2: Or as Grandma Anoai calls it, that great unpleasantness. Anoi Anoi. Actually, I've never been sure how to say the, the Samoan clan name that they're all part of. I'm not going to Don't try. say clan. <laughs> anyway, moving <laughs> on. So from, anyway, family feud yeah. <laughs> commenced. Yeah, so Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa accompanied by Paul Heyman against Jay and Jimmy Uso, who have finally taken their leave of uh, Roman. They've super kicked him four or five different times, but the last one finally took. It was very amusing. It's been satisfying (laughs) every time. Um... Because you, you watch those replays, they do. He has of the, the nerve segments. to look
1: surprised every time. Roman <laughs> sells those kicks
2: like he's dying in a Vietnam War movie. Like he's that guy who's like on the ridge, getting riddled with bullets, just slowly toppling to the ground. That that's how he sells their kicks. It's uh, it's 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 definitely very satisfying thing after all these years. Yeah. This is a hard match for me to talk about because I feel like I need to segment it between. The first 10 minutes, which are kind of everything I hate about Roman Reigns Uh matches of the stomping around and the shouting and just the, I'm not going to wrestle for more than, you know, 10 seconds out of every minute. And then after about 10 minutes, and it's a 32 minute match. They click into the story that they're telling and that story actually uses the character arcs that they've built for these four guys Mm -hmm. across the years they've been telling this. And it's really good from there so scoring this thing was a pain because i was like there was a part of it that was driving me crazy and then when it clicked it was really really good
1: and i don't know how to square all of that but it's and it's just like i said before i mean yes it's it's really really good it's just really really too late yeah it's (laughs) i've accepted that like
2: the the right ending of the bloodline story isn't going to happen And so despite everything i just said about wrestlemania i'm like okay i need to look at where they are now they can't go back and rebook a match that happened years ago you're right they could do worse yeah um (laughs) so now we're looking at okay the version of the the end of the bloodline story that happens while roman is still holding uh was two out of three world titles that Mm -hmm. they have here um
1: He technically still is because he's refused to give up the the split titles (laughs) even though he's got the combined title now. Yeah,
2: so Paul Heyman, I think he's just like weighing Paul Heyman into the ground (laughs) with all the the belts he has to carry.
1: Which I I do appreciate that as a sign of Roman's insecurity.
2: Yeah, that he's like, just one belt wouldn't feel like enough. No. So the thing about this is that Roman, again, between... uh, when he first won the Universal Championship and payback back in August of 2020, he took it off of the uh, the Fiend Bray Wyatt in mm-hmm. a triple threat match. Uh, he has defended his total or his title 28 times. Three of those have been this year against Kevin Owens at Royal Rumble, Sami Zayn at Elimination Chamber, and Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. Right. Because the plan no matter what they say the plan was for him to lose it everything since then has been a tag team match he hasn't been defending his title in singles action right and they may be setting that up for Summerslam, but at this point it, it honestly is. would not surprise me if
1: no 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 the, the the way things are breaking down now this is they are they, it, it is ending it at, at Summerslam. seems
2: like roman versus jay is going to be the the final thing there so,
1: something is going to happen but it's definitely going to be uh a, it's definitely going to happen yeah. i think
0: but so um Aww. look at you guys having hope. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, there's a very specific reason and it happens at the end of this match.
0: Oh, what you... if I always said, hope is a mistake. Dave, I you hope would... you guys are prepared for five more years of Roman Reigns.
2: <laughs> Just because you've been right every previous time. He fell asleep during this match. He doesn't know. <laughs>
0: I did. I did fall asleep during this match.
2: <laughs> which I don't blame you yeah, for. Again, like I said, first ten minutes, very draggy. It's this, the Roman Reigns stomping around. Um, wh- when you want actual wrestling done, Solo gets tagged in and he works off the Usos for a while. Look,
1: they wanted him to have his thousand days, which means nothing.
0: Uh, I'm sorry. If I'm understanding it correctly, what you're saying is next month at SummerSlam, Roman is finally going to drop the belts.
2: It's August fifth. Yeah. I don't think he's going to drop the belt. Honestly, I think he's going to have a final match with Jay Uso, and that's going to be the end of the bloodline. He's probably not going to actually lose the belts till mm, Survivor Series. Maybe. I, yeah.
0: I I'm know. thinking Survivor Series 2026. Yeah.
2: We'll see what they what they do cuz and again we can get into this after the match. What they what they do on Friday at SmackDown is probably going to tell us a lot about what the plan is for SummerSlam. Sure. I don't think the plan is for him to drop the titles to Jay Uso. Well,
1: no, no. I don't think it's going to be to Jay, but I think he is going to lose it by the end of the year.
0: Yeah. Aww.
1: Shut
2: up. This year.
0: <laughs> yeah, which year are you referring to?
1: <laughs> this year. <sighs>
2: Alright, but let's talk about this match that happened, because again, after a draggy start, I really like what it dials into. Because
1: you've got... Well, yeah, because Roman has to start moving if the Usos are going to actually hit the spots they're known for. Pretty much.
2: <laughs> but you really do have a good story of the Usos being a natural tag team, they're on each other's rhythm, they have a lot of of tandem moves, and Solo and Roman are both really strong singles guys, mm-hmm. but their their style isn't you know, is just to sort of try to hit both of the Usos together, whereas the Usos are working as a team to take down whoever's in front of them, and that, that's a fun dynamic to have. Two strong singles guys against a cohesive tag team as sort of the spine of this match, um, and again, works really well. Like anytime Solo and Roman builds up some real momentum, like the other Usos is there to to rally them as a unit. It's it's a nice thing of like, okay, just a reminder of how much the Usos have been kind of the reason this all works to this point, and. Mm-hmm. Like you said, to make it clear that we are down to the last days of this whole story.
1: Well, I, 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 I hear on Friday there's going to be a, a tribal
2: council. Yes. <laughs> Roman Reigns, the tribal chief, is on tribal court trial? Something. Yeah. Um, tribal tribal. Lawrence Tribe will be presiding. Um, no? No legal Twitter jokes here? Okay.
1: Musical performance by a tribe called Quest. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But, yeah, so and, and another thing that was nice for me in this match was realizing they're not going to have the spot that has ended every Roman Reigns match for the last two years, which is when a member of the Bloodline suddenly pops up and attacks his opponent. They because, can't. They're all there. Yes, everybody's in the ring unless, I don't know, like they have like a a baby niece who's decided to break into wrestling who's going to just run up and punch Roman in the balls or something, which also would have been amazing, like the littlest Uso. But, no, so, yeah, you just really do have uh, – these four guys in the ring, Heyman is there, and as mm-hmm. always, his expressions and reactions to things make everything a oh, hundred times kiss. better yeah. but he doesn't actively interfere apart from just a couple of spots where he you know consults with yeah. Roman and Sokoa, but he I don't think he ever like lays hands on the Usos or tries to distract them or do anything else which in so again, nice bit of storytelling that he is so confident that Roman and solo have this that he's not trying to cheat the way he might if he you know was less secure it also could be that he won he might try to side with them if he thinks the tide is going oh, their sure. way heyman is a survivor in that way um, the crowd uh, i think got a little slow during that first few minutes but once the next no picked up yeah uh so roman was uh, on the receiving end of a couple of chants from the crowd like you said that's a uk specialty i've wrote down a couple of them here uh it starts with just a very basic Fuck you, Roman. Right. Just get that going. And then uh, Roman is a wanker. There was also a tribal wanker. A tribal wanker gets used. Uh, and then if you hate Roman, stand up. <laughs> and Roman very That angri- is
1: That is for them a football special.
2: And Roman very angrily sits down at that moment because <laughs> <laughs> screw y'all. But yeah, no, uh, again, once the pace picked up, a lot of really fun spots. Um, at one point, Roman tried to uh, line up a spear on Jey Uso, only for Jimmy to come in on the opposite corner, and both Uso's take Roman down with a spear. Yep. Uh, he gets Jimmy in that guillotine choke that he's used to finish out a couple of matches, and Jimmy gets to do the, oh, the hand
1: drops. No, he clenches his fist and powers out. That's when you knew something was different was going to happen this time. He, the face actually got to do that. <laughs> yes, that it didn't just end the match
2: with Roman like murder-hugging them. Um, you get the, what, the 95th ref bump of Roman Reigns' title <laughs> defense because he eventually, uh, I think Jimmy kicks him out or powers out of it and Roman hits the ref yep. who goes flying yeah. out of the ring. Uh, and here was my kind of, oh, God, it's going to go like this moment of despair because with the ref out of the ring, the useless hit a 1D on Roman. They pin him and, you know, the crowd's chanting, but there's nobody to count. And I was just like, oh, it's going to be this again. They, they get the count. There's nobody there. And then Roman and Solo are going to rally. They're going to win. And there are some moments where it feels like that because uh, Solo and Roman combine their uh, their finishers. Solo does his uh, mm-hmm. Samoan Spike at the same time that Roman is spearing, uh, I think that was Jimmy, and then Roman stacks both Jimmy and Jay the same yeah, way he did the, for Daniel mm-hmm. Bryan and Edge, and they kick out it too.
1: I have to talk about the end spot because it's actually really well done. Oh yeah, yeah go ahead. The end spot where a uh, Roman—I uh, forget which one—he was going to pin. Was it Jay or? Uh, it was Jimmy. Jim.
2: No, sorry, Jay is the, where he has the particular. Yeah, yes. that was Jay. So,
1: I'm glad they could. I'm glad this is an audio podcast. They couldn't see that hand motion. So, they, so it's it, funny. It was obscene. Bec- well, it was because uh, he's he's going to pin Jay. Uh, and Roman is so, so confident he doesn't do a normal uh, pin. he straddles him across the chest uh, over his arms basically, and surprisingly, Jay rolls a shoulder. but when he rolls a shoulder, he rolls the arm that's between roman's legs, run, runs his arm up b- and catches him in the in the balls it's 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 so natural because it's like it's, you look at it first it's like wait, you got him in the balls yes but not even on purpose he was just rolling his shoulder (laughs) roman played himself yeah and and got and got hit and then got hit uh got hit in the below the belt and it's just ref didn't see it because because roman covered his arm so he was was on the far side (laughs) and so it uh it finally ends
2: with uh Jay uh, hits a splash on Roman and pins him. It is the first time that Roman Reigns has been t- been pinned in 1,294 days. Correct. Um, December 2019, Baron Corbin was the last person to pin Roman Reigns yep. at tables, ladders, and chairs. Just for reference on how long ago that was, uh the revival helped baron corbin in that match <laughs> that, that was his back that was there. the big dog
1: phase where he got pelted with dog food
2: ah yeah that was the moment where he was just like all right i'm gonna step away from this pandemic for a little while and when i come back we're gonna change some things <laughs> I feel bad for Baron Corbin because I feel like that was just, he's just off in a corner somewhere and he's like, one of the few interesting things you guys let me have and now, what
1: else, what else? I wouldn't unless he does something terrible, and I mean terrible, he's pretty much got a job for life there. They love him. Yeah,
2: he's apparently just one of those beloved guys in the locker room, yeah. like the safest guy to work with. I, actually, I joke, but I think he did just get to do that. Uh, he went back to NXT and actually mm-hmm. uh, got to do his lone wolf thing again that oh, he cool. used to do back when he was there. So he actually, yeah, he's they're, they're cycling him back in the way they've been doing with some of the main roster guys. Very so nice. Yeah, good for him.
1: All right, and that concludes Money
2: in the Bank. Yeah, so the uh, Usos take the win. Roman Reigns is defeated. Oh, it's also the first time he was uh, ever pinned in WWE was also by Jey Uso. Using, oh, okay. Actually, somebody showed the clip, and it's almost the same camera move even. It's from, like, the opposite corner. Like, you're kind of looking over Roman as uh, Jey Uso comes off the top. It was, like, a 11-on-3 match where it was the Shield against, like, three other combined tag gotcha, teams. Gotcha, yeah. But yeah, so again, that nice bit of long-term storytelling—I'll give him that—and yeah, definitely seems like they're setting up uh, kind of the last stand of the bloodline, however that works at SummerSlam.
1: Whenever you just, I just know, whenever he's dropping the title, he's going on a vacation.
2: So you—you uh, you know what? I'll—I'll I'll say, even if he hasn't been doing the exactly the most vigorous work rate, again in three years he's defended the title almost as much or uh, only a little bit more than orange cassidy's defended a title he's held since october but it it was interesting i saw somebody and this is the hyperbole of the internet but somebody called the bloodline the greatest long-term story ever told in professional wrestling (laughs) yeah obviously that's ridiculous but it did kind of get me thinking because i was like you know what obviously usually in wrestling you don't have long term stories as much as you have status quos you have like right. Austin and Mr. McMahon as the status quo you have the NWO and while things can like change and there can be twists it's not usually a story as much as just like this is the framework in which this era of wrestling is happening yeah basically and while obviously most of it's been made up as they went along i'll give credit that the bloodline has had i think when when this is all said and done you'll be able to see okay here like the way this thing rose, the way it fell. Here's where they introduced the elements that led to it. There was a graceful off point they had at WrestleMania. They've missed it, but (laughs) uh, I will say this has been one of the more successful long-term shows they've done or stories they've done, even if... I think it's been great for business. I think it's going to be a problem when it's over because it's left a lot of people looking weak in the background. And I'm not sure it's... So it's been a very great and successful story while it's happening I don't think it's going to be good in the long run, but hat off to them for doing that. Out of curiosity, just, and this is a, a lot to ask top of the head. What would you call the greatest long term story ever told in pro wrestling?
1: Good question. I don't know. Yeah. Um. I mean, it speaks famously to my ability as a as a pro wrestling fan to remember things. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's hard to say. Uh, because a lot of times the things that become long-term stories don't really happen or like on
2: purpose. Right. It's just like you know the Shield got together and then broke up and then got back together again, yeah. and you can kind of see a shape to that if you look. But
1: uh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe one of the best ones was the rivalry between Bret Hart and Owen. Okay. I think I think the way they developed that over time. Uh, And the way it kept going was actually was really well done.
2: Yeah. Now for that. All right. So let's see. Um, One other question, just kind of looking into SummerSlam. If you were, you're booking this, they come to you and you get to write the card, whether it's SummerSlam or later, who do you have take the belt off Roman, whether that happens next month or whether you take a few months to set it up? Who's your guy from the roster right now that is, that
1: takes that? See that's my weakness since I'm not watching the weekly shows. I don't have Fair. a lot of, a lot of inroads into who would be the best. Honestly, I'd let it be Cody Rhodes. Yeah,
2: still Cody. Should have been Cody earlier, but I think he still got the credibility. I'm with you on that. All right, so yep, yeah, that was Money in the Bank 2023. Um, Chris, who would you say would be your workhorse on this card?
1: oh uh, the women's money in the bank match
2: yeah they, whole,
1: re- they really brought
2: it for me that whole crew i i just give it to la night just yeah I think it's too. just got so much like old school talent i i don't know who would go in which direction but i would love to see him and uh, mjf run a program someday <laughs> just imagine <laughs> that would be whether interesting. they're uh against each other whether they're allies whether they're i would definitely
1: want to see against
2: yeah I, th- those
1: promos would be something else uh got a best dressed of the evening I don't. Uh, here, I'll, I'll say it this way. I don't have a worse dress. I think everyone looked pretty good. Uh, Shayna Baszler and the eye makeup, but um, uh, other than that, uh, I think everyone was looking pretty good tonight. That I'll, night, I'll. Uh, I'm, I'm going to put
2: worse dressed on Matt Riddle because the yeah,
1: the okay, I- idiot fair. had
2: he had a, a busted ankle and he decided to still wrestle barefoot. It's Like, yeah. dude, you, you can wear a brace. Come on. Uh, yeah, Cody Rhodes. I think is still my best dressed. Just again. That's a really, really beautiful moment to see the, the Union Jack on the back of this American man and to know that the, the wounds of 1776 have finally started to heal.
1: They'd heal quicker if we stopped talking about it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. So uh, one other thing I kind of wanted to debut was just a, a new category title for the person who's sort of the, the worst on the card, or just someone I feel like sort of uh, kind of anchored things down a little bit. But really, I didn't see that on this card. Like again, I've, I've I've said like there are people like Rhonda and Roman who I think have some weaknesses. But even then, it didn't really feel like that was anything that actually dragged down this card specifically. Like there's nobody I'd point to to say they had a bad night or this card was measurably worse because of them. Uh,
1: which again, well, I think Ricochet would disagree. But okay, <laughs>
2: but uh, I should have to be Logan Paul every time. It's never going to be anybody else. I,
1: so. I, well, sadly, I wouldn't say it's Logan Paul every time, but he definitely put had Ricochet. Yeah. But Ricochet in a spot where he <laughs> All right. Well, had to keep him alive. But
2: <laughs> Okay, yeah, you know what? All right, I'll go. We're going to do this now. Uh, in the terminology of Vince McMahon, Logan Paul is the Shane of the night. Oh, no. Just, yeah, what a, what a disappointment. What just, a letdown. If, if
1: you, yeah, it's just you.
2: <laughs> jump off higher things.
1: Just because, I and mean, I'm saying him just because, again, when they went to start that spot, he was out of position. He yeah. had to get back in. And yeah. then, yeah, Ricochet had to cover and at the cost of himself.
2: Yep, which again, thankfully, they apparently are both okay. They were at RAW and they kind of taped a backstage segment that seems to indicate they're still going to go ahead with a
1: match. I'm sure. I'm sure Logan. Logan expressed his gratitude by gifting him a, a free case of Prime or something like that. <laughs> Good God. All right. Well, let's see.
2: So yeah, overall, a solid card went down mm-hmm. easy. I give it three and a quarter out of five years in the reopened USO Penitentiary. <laughs> Uh, David, is there anything coming up for Long Walk that you'd like to talk about?
0: Well, I know I've been teasing it for like the last six weeks, but mother of God, we finally actually need to bring back Long Walk Talks. You've been yelling
1: that a lot lately. I know.
0: We got done with Macbeth in May, and I was like, okay, good. We're going to get back into Long Walk Talks. And then I went and got cast in another show, and Stan went on vacation for a week and a half. Uh, It
1: really seems like you both let us down.
0: Yeah, it's true. I am a constant source of letdown on this (laughs) podcast. Um, which is why I'm really glad we have other producers who can come in and record when I'm not available. But we are going to bring back Long Walk Talks in July. Uh, so be on the lookout for that coming up in the next week or two.
1: I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you i am glad you made it up to the store and got the milk.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very exciting. And kind of on that note, I do want to say something I forgot to say during our Forbidden Door episode. Thank you so much to producer Kara for stepping in. Uh, David uh, was kind of to FaceTime and help out, but uh, Kara was running the board. <laughs> And got things up and running so Gene and I could do that episode. So I p- apologize for not recognizing you while we were actually recording that.
0: Yes, thank you, Kara.
2: All right. Well, let's see. That, I think, will wrap us up for right now. Uh, Chris, where can people find you if they want to hear more of your thoughts and opinions? Why would they?
1: Oh, shoot. I never thought about that. <laughs> uh, Twitter, join the Tire Fire. Um, I'm at Chris the Okay on Twitter. That seems like the appropriate place to yell at me. As long as you're not rate limited. Yeah, we'll see if that comes back. I think
2: he's uh, he's just he's a little scared of people spending that much time outside. Uh, it's actually convenient. I'm just gonna say real quick. I was watching my niece and nephew that day, so to be honest, having Twitter be offline was probably tremendously helpful for their I, safety and well-being. I got
0: zero spoilers for the show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Robert, what about you? If people want to follow you online, where can they do that at? So I am at
2: redbeardrob1 on Twitter. I also uh, manage the uh, Twitter account for the combination This is a Work, This is a Takeover podcast. Uh, it is at this underscore pod, which was available when I went for it.
0: Nice. Uh, if you want to keep up with the Long Walk Productions, you can visit us online at longwalk.us. Uh, to see more of our original work or your past episodes that are no longer streaming, you can follow the YouTube links in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening, and if you enjoy this show or any of the shows on the Long Walk Podcast Network, please make sure to leave us a rating and a review on whatever platform you're listening on.
2: And to paraphrase David Two Dogs Hayes, if you got out of bed this morning, had a job to go to, and someone that loved you? Well, it sounds like you've already cashed in your contract and you've won the gold. Thank you for listening to This Is A Work.